Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees Podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Milmine and this is episode 107, Ishti and Trey Bake with Countess Ablaze. Hello and welcome to the show. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a little while. Longer than I expected, but nevertheless, I'm back and I'm here. I'm not going to spend today telling you where I've been or what I've been up to or anything like that um, at all. I was thinking about bringing the show back. I've had some interviews recorded and it's nearly happened a few times in the past few months, but it just hasn't until today. And today it has come back because I feel like I've had something to say. Whereas before I've been working on other things, concentrating on other things, and I will share them with you. Um, And if you're over in my Facebook group, you will know some of this already. But today I want to talk about more important things, which is um, to do with women, basically women, crafters, exposure, misogyny, charity crafting as an excuse. And who better to do that with than my good, good friend, um, not that we're friends because she doesn't have any, but if we, you know, if she did have friends, we would be friends, um, Lindsay of Countess Ablaze, back on the show for the second time. And she has, in the last couple of days, been dealing with some misogynist BS, basically, some some bollocks about exposure and everything else. And she's come up with her own kind of reply to that. And she talks about it in this episode. We, we both have a discussion about it. We're talking about exposure. We're talking about misogyny. And we're talking about using kind of charity as an excuse uh, to do things that you probably wouldn't get away with otherwise. And we don't think that's cool. And that's not how charity work should be. And talking about her kind of reaction to that and um, how she's kind of turned it around and schooled these people on what charity and and valuing yourself as a business and how to do how to do it right basically or how to do it better than the way that they have done it and I really wanted to share this with you because this issue was kind of blown blown up a bit on social for her on Instagram lots and lots of support lots of people saying you know it's not acceptable we fully support you it's brilliant that you've turned this around and made it into something really positive and you know I love that so I wanted to we we basically decided last night that we were going to record something today and that's what we've done and I am sharing it with you so grab your knickers bolly because you're going to need them for this episode and I'm thrilled to be bringing it back to you as my first episode back after my sabbatical so get your knitting and we will crack on with the show I am super excited to be bringing on for the second time. Who knew? I think you are the first person that's ever got to grace my podcast twice, Lindsay. But for, oh, the, second, <laughs> for the second time, and she's still not got on anyone else's podcast, I'm welcoming the wonderful Lindsay, aka Countess, the Countess Ablaze, um, onto the show again today on International Women's Day. Because we've got things to say, haven't we, Lindsay? We certainly have. Thank you very much for having me back, Joe. Ah. So excited. Any excuse to have a good chat with you, you know that, my friend. And <laughs> we basically pulled this together out of our collective backsides um, last night after a bit of a, a kind of whirlwind day and um, talking about something that's happened recently with you, Lindsay, and an approach that's happened. And we had different ideas about topics that could come out of this. And I was like, you know what, let's do it. Let's just jump on. Let's have a conversation about this, this sort of thing that happens to us a lot as yarn crafters as women and um, as business owners um and I really you are the person I want to have this conversation with if I could pick anyone it would be you so in your own words tell us about how we've, we've kind of come to have this conversation today okay a couple of weeks ago um we were just winding up for because we had a week off we were just winding up for that and um a guy comes in Never clapped eyes on him in my life. And he was lovely, really nice guy. Seemed to know what he was talking about. And he came in and he asked to talk to me. 
And he said that he was um, an employee of a local restaurant in the uh, Manchester area. And he said that um, he was wanting to organise a charity event. It would be um, crocheting something or other, I forget which now, um, for the local homeless. Um, Anybody who knows Manchester, we have a real real homelessness problem here. Mm -hmm. And... um, he really banged on a lot about how it would be for charity. He he was saying that he and the staff that he works with, they're all very lefty, they're all very progressive, you know, saying all the right buzzwords. And I was feeling quite good. I'm like, okay, yeah. And he says, well, we're going to, um, we're going to need um, some help with teaching. We're going to need, um, you know, we want to put together some gift bags for the participants. So, you know, if you could give something and, you know, we were winding down for a week off. I was exhausted. And I said to him, which I will say to anybody, I never agree to anything verbally. I want to have the brief in writing so that I know what my expectations are and I know what to expect from you, which is, you know, sensible. It's good. It's how you, you know, it's one of the things you should do when you run a business. You need to know what your T's and C's are. Mm-hmm. and he said oh well I, I don't really have anything written for you and I'm thinking okay right <laughs> but um this is this is what I was uh, I will send you the brief that I have written for my boss um and he, he sends that to me immediately off his phone and after he'd gone I mean don't get me wrong he, he was lovely he gave me he, he gave me a very positive impression of himself um about half hour later I got around to the email and I read it as I said I was tired and I glossed over it and I didn't really think much of it and then I must have been thinking about it because I started to feel quite angry and I've got it in front of me and there were, there were certain phrases in it that I realized had really annoyed me um First of all, he 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 talked about um, how this restaurant doesn't really have any footfall, and um, it, it started to come across this brief as if he was trying to save this restaurant. And um, then he was saying that um, Countess of Blaze will do this. Countess of Blaze will do that. And then, <laughs> Yeah, and I'd never, I'd never met this guy ever. So he's clearly not done his research. I am the queen of saying no to everything. You know, <laughs> Countess of Blows will do nothing she doesn't want to do. <laughs> you know, and and he's like, you know, she will provide X, Y, and Z for these gift bags, and I'm and I'm I'm working all these all these costs out, and it's like you want forty gift bags. My yarn's what twenty pound a pop. We're talking 800 pounds. Then he's wanting crochet hooks. Then he's wanting me to come in and teach for free. And as an introvert and on the spectrum, it's not just a case of dedicating a couple of hours for doing that. I also need the rest time afterwards that could actually run into a whole day off work. Mm. So, you know, so we're talking actually for a small business like mine, a you know, quite a significant amount of money lost. And then he goes on to explain, you know, about how, how much the uh, charity will make. And it's, it's quite frankly, naff all. And then he goes on about how this restaurant, and he talks about the return of investment. And then I started really getting knocked about this. (laughs) Yeah. Because, because he starts going on about the cost, you know, the cost of goods of things. It's like, you know, let's go down to to one of the wholesalers and he actually says we're going to go and get some we can serve them shit tea um and uh tray bakes uh we can you know three pounds per head we'll charge we'll charge these women he was targeting middle-aged women he called us um <laughs> thanks 34 yeah, yeah. I, think, I think this is where my offense comes i'm not ready to be called middle-aged yet no but, way um, <laughs> this, i'm still youthful um no, but, you know, he, he broke it all down and it was basically a case of the restaurant makes a shit ton of money. This guy, he has a small business of his own part time and he was saying, I'm not expecting to be paid for this. 
but um, I do expect that um, I am tagged in all social medias and my logo is, is all over the place. Nothing about me. And that I have to, and I have to lose a significant amount of money, but I will be given exposure apparently. Right. <laughs> Uh, and he's, you know, and, and in person, he was telling me, oh, yes, we have got a massive following. We've got 20,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm going, well, I've got 36,000. <laughs> You've not done your research, you know. So, okay, right, you know. So, so, yeah, so I, I got really irate by this. I'm, I'm sat on my hands for three hours, just seething, quite frankly. <laughs> I was... It was just building up and I just kept rereading it and rereading it. I'm thinking, am I reading this right? I mean, first of all, he's offered me exposure. Secondly, he was really ageist and misogynistic in the way that he was treating my client base. Mm. And then thirdly, and probably really most importantly, I felt that this was masquerading as a charity event to save a business that appears to be failing. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, this email was, this email, it was a brief clearly not written for my eyes. Mm. You know, if, if one of my teams sent an email out like that with proprietary business information in, you know, we're having serious words. So there, there is no way this was written for me. And this quite frankly, isn't really acceptable even as an internal communication. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just absolutely flabbergasted by the whole thing, really. Um, you know, and, and, and he goes on to say in this email, I've got it in front of me, I'm just like paraphrasing bits of it, because if I read it out loud, I'm just going to get really angry. <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, we've got, we've got other members of staff who, um, they're craftspeople themselves. They can, they can teach cross stitch and, uh, DSLR lessons and quilting lessons, you know, all really valuable, you know, hobby, hobby crafts that, you know, are great to teach. Um, but he, ex- he goes on to say, we expect these, these members of staff to be paid as an artist, not as a waiter. Hello, when do I get paid? <laughs> and does he you know? mean less then, <laughs> you know, yeah. if he's an artist? Because <laughs> he clearly doesn't value any of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and oh, just the whole thing, which I just was so angry. I was so absolutely angry. And I'm like, how do I respond to this? Mm. so I sat on my hands and I'm gonna swear now I sat on my hands and I just wrote back go fuck yourself (laughs) because what else do you say what can you say to that you know it's it's just I'm not taking that he's clearly not done his research well it's not anything not even so much you've not done the research but it's been quite rude and Mm. And I think like, you know, like these, these are conversations that we need to have um, as artisans, as craftspeople, as handmakers, as people who just knit for a hobby. Like you've brought out those three really important points there. This notion of exposure as, as payment, because you can bet your arse he wouldn't go and say that to a fella. I'm just no, willing I to put that it. out there now. The misogyny yeah, of it all. Yeah. yeah. And, and the I mean, charity is an excuse thing, you know, like, yeah. what? I think they're all three really important issues. And the, the ones that crop up so much, you know, in, in the craft industries. For sure, for sure. So let, let's talk about exposure then. Let's, let's, let's dig into it and let's have a chat about this because he's, he's given us some good content, like, bless him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a and craftsman he's given... himself. He was a yeah. craftsman himself and it was clear that he wanted to really benefit from the exposure himself for his craft business from running this event. Interesting. So, so where, where does other people, where where do other people benefit from this? There was no mention at all of really how I would benefit. It was just the countess will provide X, Y, and Z and she's going to suck it up because you know, she's got a lady business. Oh, lady business, lady business, lady business. business. These ladies don't know what they're doing. Lady business. No, no, because you're just playing at it because you're just a knitter, aren't you? Just a knitter. Just just a lot of knitter. It's a bit of a joke. You know, you're not a nana and that's surprising. Even more surprising is your new rocks that you bounce around in. Mm -hmm. Your massive boots. Um, I need them because I'm quite short. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I should get some myself. I've been thinking about it. Or, or possibly yeah. like a cherry picker to stand on because I am a little. Yeah, I need to look a bit more domineering. So, you know, new rocks it is. It is. <laughs> But this, this idea of exposure as a as a payment method, right? We've we've all I've seen it a number of times. We've all been told this is an acceptable method of payment. No one's yet offered to pay me an exposure, I have to say. Um, and we have had had a conversation like if I want exposure, I'll get my tits out. Like we've had this conversation many times between us offline. And mm-hmm. you you've embodied that, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. But is this the first time you've been offered exposure as a payment? No. And I'm going to be honest, it's one of those things that um, I haven't been, this is the first time I've been offered it in a long time. Mm. It was something that would come about much earlier on in my business uh, when, you know, like a lot of people starting out, your confidence might not be as high. You might genuinely not quite know what you're doing because I certainly didn't, you know, not to the degree I know now. Um. I've not really been offered exposure as, as my payment for a long time. Um, probably why I'm feeling quite insulted by it. <laughs> if he'd done his research, he wouldn't have bothered. He'd be like, no, I shall knock my head off. I'll just go ask someone else. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. Um, I felt like um, perhaps when I was starting out for the first two, three years that, you know, it's easier to ask people when they're a lot smaller, I guess. Um, and you do feel that promise of, oh, well, you know, they've got a blog. If I send them something, it'll be fine. I mean, I remember doing that once very, very early on. And uh, somebody, somebody said, oh, I've got a blog. It's got all these, um, all these followers. Or this is, you know, this is, like, you know, all the stats send me, send me a, a skein of yarn and uh, we'll do a competition and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when, when you're starting out and your confidence is low and, and you are just, you know, you're trying to get a foot in the door and you do it. And what I didn't do was check those stats. I should have done. And I learned very quickly, <laughs> you know, after that, that never happened again because mm-hmm. it turns out they were a complete fabrication. And the skein of yarn that I sent as a prize for some giveaway that never materialized um and unfortunately the more the more that these things happen you, you harden up pretty quick and you've got you've got to i'm i'm i have a bit of reputation for saying no um and i very quickly learned to say no to almost everything so yeah but it was a lot to do with those early experiences of being burnt, being asked, you know, exposure payment and not really, they're not really working out. It's definitely a thing. And, and th- th- this is the hard thing because like getting, hacking someone else's audience, like being featured on someone's blog or their podcast or whatever, if there's a really good crossover between the kind of people you want to reach and your kind of target market and mm-hmm. it's done in a really holistic good way where you're providing value for their listeners or their readers and it all comes across as being very um, informative and educational and interesting to them then it can work it can work really well but then like you said there's the ones who are the chances who just want a bit of free yarn and they're like and these are normally I find the cheeky ones who are like so you send me your yarn and I'll give you exposure and this is what you get and then when you look at it you're like no no yeah like, mm-hmm. literally no um and and the idea that exposure is a currency i can't go and buy anything for my kids for their tea with exposure out the co-op no. can I? like they're not <laughs> going to give me a pizza there you go there's some exposure i'll, I'll put you on my instagram you check out lady at, at co-op with this pizza <laughs> that I've, I've just got for my kids and um, hold it up and i'll put you on my instagram and i'll pay you with that <laughs> no no, no, nobody else, nowhere else does this, is this a thing other than creative industries? And I don't, I really don't get where it's com- coming from mm-hmm. per se. And mm-hmm. it does seem to be something that is peculiar to creative industries and that women suffer from most. Not saying that it's always women, but I don't see as many men saying that they have the same problem because arguably they're a bit more willing to go, no, you pay me for it. This is my rate. 
I do have a member of staff, a male member of staff who has his own art business. And um, I've been speaking to him about this because uh, he also like, arranges events and things as well. And he's been saying as well that even in the art industry, yeah. where there are probably a lot more men than there are in the knitting, um, he's saying it's exactly the same thing that men are being asked as well mm. to to work for exposure. So, so yeah. Yeah, and and again, a creative industry, and I, I don't I don't disagree at all. Clearly, um, with that, that's his experience, and it is a thing. It's but it's peculiar to mm-hmm. creative industries. You don't go to an accountant and go, "Come and do this work for me for exposure." Nobody does that. Nobody goes and asks their accountant to work for free. So, I feel like it is peculiar to create because creative things are a little bit less tangible. Maybe they're less valued. Maybe it's a case of. You know, especially for us with handicrafts, which is kind of like a, a bit of a disparaging word to use for what is private art or textile mm-hmm. art. I mean, that was traditionally seen as something the upper classes did. The upper class women did mm-hmm. to kind of keep them occupied. Yes. Yes. A lot of craft industry is seen as hobbyists. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, if, if, if what I'm doing is a hobby, this is one hell of an expensive hobby. <laughs> you know, Hobbies generally are. <laughs> it's like okay right but no um yeah it's it's a tricky one it is it is definitely and it's something that does need to it it will take everyone turning around and saying you know what no no like if, if I don't value my work neither will anyone else and I won't work for free or for exposure on your terms you telling me um whether I'm a bloke, a woman, an artist, a fibre artist, you know, a pottery maker, whatever, um, because the, the professional industries in kind of inverted commas, they never do that. They'll do pro bono work that they decide to do as part of their, their work, but it's never expected that they will work for exposure. Um, it, it, you know, it's something different. It's part of the kind of corporate culture and, and all that kind of stuff, corporate giving or whatever. Um, but this idea of exposure as payment, it's a tricky one because we, we had a little conversation about this beforehand offline and I'm I'm in two camps and I feel like exposure is a payment when someone is coming telling you what they want you to do and you don't have a choice about it and give me all of this and I will give you exposure in return, an unfair exchange of value versus... I have this opportunity, say, working at a big conference and I'm looking for volunteers to come work behind the scenes and handle handle the big name speakers Mm -hmm. Um, and be part of my my team and see how an event works and, you know, get to speak to these people that you're not, you know, in a big event, say, in the States or even here, like you're not going to get a chance to speak to them because they're going to be surrounded by people all the time. You have the opportunity to get in there and have a conversation, exposure. So not being necessarily paid, paid, um, but not being told that I expect you to do this and give me this much stock and this and this and I'm deciding everything versus, well, I get something else that is valuable to me that otherwise I might have to pay for and I'm choosing to do this with that as a payment exposure. I kind of two different things in my head. They are. I don't know that you agree with that. So what do you think? I don't know. The thing is, I've... I don't really have that many thoughts on it because I, I sort of purposefully stepped away from, from working with many people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I will be honest, I'm not, I am open to working with other people and collaborating um, and what have you, but I like to have a firm discussion beforehand and mm. say, how do I benefit and how are you going to benefit? And if they sort of match up reasonably equally, then I think it can work. Mm. I think there is an imbalance of it being, you know, one of us benefiting more than the other, then I don't think that's going to work. And that makes me feel uneasy. And I think some of the exposure thing comes into that as well, that the spotlight is on one rather than than both. You know, I mean, I've, I've walked away from from collaborations before because, you know, the standards weren't right and things. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, I just kind of feel when it comes to exposure, things need to be for of, of equal benefit. And if it's not of equal benefit, 
then it isn't worth doing. Absolutely. It comes back to that kind of fair exchange of value thing. Um, mm-hmm. In my head, it's like, well, if this, this is an unequal exchange, then it, it never works because someone's always unhappy with what is being exchanged. Whereas if, like, if it's an equal thing and everyone stands to benefit and it's a synergistic, I'm such a management bank wanker, synergistic, <laughs> you know, like everyone benefits, like you benefit, that, you know, like I said, this, this firm, this restaurant will benefit, the charity will benefit, everyone gets equal platform, everyone together gets something bigger than themselves apart mm-hmm. is one thing. Insulting your highly educated, <laughs> very professional knit group <laughs> and, yes, and know, customers yeah. and clientele, you know, yeah. by calling us all middle-aged shit tea drinkers. Mm-hmm. Not what I would call fair exchange of value, personally. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh, quality. So, which kind of leads us into like another point you've brought up, really, about the misogyny of it. Um, and I know, like you said, you talked about your your male staff member, and he he's also been offered ex, um, exposure as payment as an artist and all that kind of stuff. But there's taking it away from that exposure piece, really, and into the misogynistic kind of little woman you know never mind all the men get the the highlights and you just you just turn up and do what we tell you mm-hmm. um how do you find that from a kind of as an artist and as a businesswoman like because I've read uh, I read an article today and it was shared by one of my male friends who I respect greatly he's a great guy and it was a list of all the best speakers in the UK at the moment and it's International Women's Day, right? International Women's Day. Is it a list of female speakers? No. Where's the first female speaker in the list? Of course, because it's a bros gang. She's two thirds of the way down and there's about 20% are, are female speakers and the rest are all middle-aged white men. No, no people of any other ethnic makeup. And I'm just like, I don't want to be like rabidly feminist about this, but there's something deeply ironic about how you've written this and then released it on this day that is still like, well, women are still at the bottom of the list and they're still underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts as a, a kind of, as a female, a strong female business owner um, with, you know, and you are very passionate about equality, women's rights, all that kind of stuff. How, how, what have you experienced and, and what are your thoughts on like the misogyny we, we, we suffer as, as crafters and, and business ladies? Business I have experienced, yeah, I have experienced a lot of misogyny. There, there is this idea that apparently I have a rich husband who bankrolls me, which is why I'm in the city centre of Manchester on a three-storey, you know, studio and what have you. And it's like, actually, I refuse to take my husband's money. You know, I've built this. So that's number one. That There is this idea that I have this rich husband who's who's pay, paying for it for my big hobby. And that's not true. <laughs> this is actually a business. I've experienced it a few times. Um, sometimes when, you know, small things, everyday sexism, where we have the delivery drivers come with great big boxes. You know, these boxes can be like 30, 40 kilos. Not heavy, heavy but heavy, right? And they're there and they're struggling with them. And they're like, oh, love, oh, do you have to order such big stuff? And then they're, they're, they're like struggling with them and making a big drama and song and dance about it. And I just bend down, pick it up and walk off with it. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, like, it's simply, it's little things like that that just add up. There's other things as well. Um, when I was having viewings in my old studio, because, uh, you know, the landlord, the landlord was selling the place and he was having investors coming in. And some of the things that were said to me, like, oh, this, this business, this must be a labor of love. And um, somebody said, oh, well, um, when is your husband coming to show me round? <laughs> it's things, it's, it's like, come on. You know, it's things like that. Um, and I've, I've experienced it an awful, an awful lot. And I've always wrongly struggled with how I identify myself as a business person. And it wasn't until um, I met my accountant for the first time, like three, four years ago. And um, he made me realize, you know, that I needed to be proud of what I am doing. Because there was this part of me in my head that was going, oh, this is just a little lady business, isn't it? You know, I'm not really that proud of it. And he went, no, 
you do imports and exports, you're a manufacturer and you're a retail business. Woman up. That's what he said to me. And it was at that point, it was like this amazing epiphany of, oh, wow, he's, he's actually right. This is what I do. Um, but when you, when you have this everyday sexism constantly telling you these things, you start believing them yourself because as women, we're conditioned to, we're not supposed to stick our heads at the parapet. We're not supposed to question things. We're supposed to say yes to exposure. And we're supposed to, you know, behave in this, this way to have this accountant say to me, no, your business is way bigger than you think it is. This is what you do. And it's like, wow, okay. Not quite the hobby business though. <laughs> so, so yeah, I have experienced a lot of misogyny in business. It is. It's tricky. And, and like you said, there's a lot of, of conditioning in the background and it's almost that cumulative effect, that everyday chipping away, little mm. bits here, little bits there that becomes the new normal. It's like the Thermidor effect. You know, when you stick a lobster in a pan and you turn mm-hmm. it on when it's cold and they just cook alive because it's only getting incrementally warmer. So you don't yeah. notice the change. And I think, yeah. it's, like you say, even if it's little things like delivery men treating you like a little princess, you know, yeah. And whinging about doing their job. <laughs> Get I'm on with I it. Do your job. I can pick these boxes up. What are you on about? <laughs> you know, you need to go pump some iron, dude. Get on with it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's that everyday effect that that it seems like small things, and I think if you're not subjected to it on an everyday basis, um, you you just think, oh well, that's nothing. It's just a little thing. Um, it just becomes the new normal. It becomes accepted because it's such incremental little things that chip away. It's almost like water torture. And you're just dripping on your forehead and eventually you just start to believe that that actually when you've been told that your business is a hobby so many times, that it's yes. not, a, not a proper, inverted commas, business. Mm-hmm. Until someone else who's completely apart from it turns around and says, wow, if you can make, and, and I've had this, if you can make, if you can make money in knitting, you can make money anywhere. Like, I can't believe you can, you can make money in knitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Um, yes. And like, like you say, an importer, an exporter, a manufacturer, a retailer, that yeah. sounds impressive and like disassociated from what you do, but that's exactly what you do. And it's exactly what yes. the other yarnies and pattern designers and, and everything else do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is a little bit frustrating at times because again, that like patterns, the, you know, people are charging peanuts for them and people are being bullied out of putting an extra quid on their pattern prices and, and all of this by other people who buy our work. And you just think, actually, the knitters are so far ahead of a lot of other industries. Like you've got Ravelry and you're doing your own patterns, you're self-publishing, you're making books, you're doing all kinds of stuff and have been doing it for years before mm-hmm. the rest of the internet caught up. But yet we all still <laughs> treat it like... Oh, it's just knitting. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating to me as well. And I'm not carrying 40 kilogram boxes of yarn. So. Hey, not bad for a birdie you used to be on crutches, eh? Exactly. That's the funny thing. It's like the way you just throw your crutch to one side and pick the box up and then pick it back up again. Oh, crazy, crazy. So taking it then, because we, we picked out three themes, didn't we? And the next thing mm-hmm. that you kind of brought up was charity as a bit of an excuse for bad behavior I would say here in like not paraphrasing you didn't say that but to me it feels like charity is an excuse for bad behavior and it kind of disappoints me as well that it was a, a homeless charity or homeless homelessness as a cause that was used because I know you do actually every year support the mustard tree in manchester it is a homelessness charity you do your own charity event for that and you actually like do something proper and donate decent amount of money to them you know like you do you do already do that as a thing yes how yes. did that it must have really got on your tits i must say how did that go down for you it did i mean when he came in and he was absolutely lovely very, you know, he seemed like he knew his stuff and, you know, he was saying it was for a homeless charity. It wasn't for Mustard Tree. It was for a different one in the area, you know, and, you know, instantly I'm like, okay, I'm listening because I, I do already do some fundraising for a homelessness charity. It is something quite important to me. So I was willing to listen to, to his proposition. But when I read the brief and, and saw that... Uh, <sighs> Charity was barely mentioned. It was all mm. about 
return on investment for him and this restaurant and the idea of the charity was just completely secondary it, it, it felt like a masquerade to be quite honest it was an afterthought like something almost to hide behind it's like oh I know we, we will we will appeal to these you know inverted colors middle-aged women by making them feel sorry for homeless people and getting them in here will feed them shit tea and tray bake and you know they're going to be really happy with this because they're going to be, um, you know, spending money with us, and and they'll they'll, uh, they'll then buy meals and stuff. But we they'll be throwing some money, you know, to charity as well. And it just the whole thing just stank. For me, if you do a charity event, it's solely about the charity. Yes, that, that's what it has to be. Um, I don't know. I get asked a lot: Can you do this, that, and the other for charity? And very, very rarely does it feel positive, mm. you know. It just doesn't feel like it always comes from the right place. And I'm really, really glad that I stuck to my policy of I need this in writing. Mm. Because if I had agreed to this charity event and then later on realised what this was actually about, that would actually, it, that could have been very damaging to my business mm. and also my integrity. And it morally it would not have sat right with me at all because the, the sums they would come up with, the charity would have made very little. And that's just not on. No, it's very... Not when, not when the, the sums were showing that the restaurant would have made an absolute killing. In comparison no and you're, you're absolutely right there it's about if you're going to do something for charity let the charity be the focus and it's about that that giving attitude of well yeah you're probably going to get some kickback you might get a bit of PR but actually that's secondary to the fact that you want to support something that you believe in and mm-hmm. do something positive and use your craft for something positive and use your business for something positive yes um, and to kind of all work together to do that freely not thinking well what's in it for me all the time that's not the point of charity Mm -hmm. yeah but then you have because you decided bless you (laughs) and that's not in a disparaging (laughs) way it's in a she's on one I love it when she's in this mood (laughs) um you decided I'm on one one. (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah this is why we're friends but we're not really friends obviously because you don't have any friends officially but if we if you did then we would be (laughs) yeah Yeah. why you decided to to kind of give them a little bit of a schooling really because I mean this is all like we've had these conversations and it feels quite negative that we're still we're still like international women's day let's all celebrate women but we're still dealing with this everyday bullshit every day mm-hmm. these things are happening again and again and again and people are getting away with it and you know we don't want that because I'm I, that that's my attitude to life like don't whinge about it what can you do do something even a little thing is better than nothing mm-hmm. so yes. you decided not mm-hmm. to do a little thing you decided to give them the proverbial rods and do something and show them how you do things for charity and to mm-hmm. highlight the issue without giving them a platform or embarrassing them or in any way bringing their name into it which I thought was genius by the way thank you um, <laughs> so t- tell tell us about that tell us about shit tea and tray bake and if i want exposure i will get my tits out right it started off before before we we uh left for our week off we made a quick video which we put on instagram of um me doing a little bit of a spoof inviting people to come to my knit group because we have shit tea and tray bakes and that sort of broke the internet a little bit that was quite amusing and um but people were a little bit, what's going on? You know, <laughs> someone's really not the countess. What's she going on? She's a holiday. <laughs> yeah, so I got a holiday. I went on holiday. I'm chilled out. And it gave me time to think, is this the right thing to do? And it's like, yeah, totally is. So I came back and I'm like, right, this is what we're doing. We need to dye. Originally, it was just going to be the one colourway. Shit tea and tray bake. And um, basically, which is highlighting what this guy wrote in this email because apparently we are middle-aged knitters who are happy to be served shit tea and cheap tray bakes from macro or whatever um i can tell you now that 
um, I don't drink shit tea. So really? <laughs> you know, I'm northern. That is deeply offensive to me. Deeply I offensive. <laughs> I know, right? So, um, so I went off on a rant on Instagram, and then and then just I just wrote. And if I want exposure, I will get my tits out. Well, there were loads of people go, you have to make that into a colorway. So one colorway became two. So we have two colorways on three yarn bases. We, um, originally, sold, we originally dyed the prototypes, 40 of each color. Sold out pretty much instantly. Put the whole lot on pre-order. Um, as of 6 a.m. this morning, these only went live yesterday about half 10. So as of 6 a.m. this morning, 374 skeins have been sold. Um, my notification bar keeps dinging. Uh, so that could be a lot higher right now. One of the things that I wanted to do was um, actually make money for charity because, you know, why should I just benefit from this? Mm. Because the support I have received has just been incredible absolutely overwhelmingly incredible you know um it's been so good i've almost replied to every single message <laughs> like very like, like you <laughs> i know right i know but you know I'm, I'm trying to keep up i'm trying my best um there's just been hundreds of messages of support there have been people who have said i'm on a yarn diet or you know the yarn it's not the colors i'd use i'm going to make a donation in your name and the charity that I have chosen is Women's Aid, mm. which is um, British UK organisation that to help with domestic violence. I have been in the situation many years ago where I needed the help of Women's Aid, and they are somebody always in my heart. So, yes, you know it is. Sometimes it's nice, it's nice when you're in a much better place in your life to be able to, to look back and just give something back. No matter how big or small, just as an acknowledgement to say, you really helped me out, thank you. So, so that's what we've done. So as of 6am this morning, we have made £1,122 for Women's Aid. That figure appears to keep going up because the sales keep coming in. <laughs> absolutely incredible honestly i'm just oh it's it's yeah i'm absolutely stunned the the support that i've received has been incredible um i haven't experienced anything negative the only negativity i've seen <laughs> is, is a funny one i've been shadow banned on instagram or rather my hashtag shit tea and, and tray bake has been shadow banned on instagram in an amazing ironic you know quite <laughs> It's it's like you've got to laugh. You've just got to laugh. It's like what on earth? But yeah, so you can you can see as much porn on Instagram as you want, but apparently shit tea is banned. Mate, <laughs> Understandably, I, yeah, I can <laughs> see why people are deeply thing. offended by it. I'm like, yeah, boobs, whatevs. Um, but bring shit tea into it when you're British, especially when you're Northern, uh, and then people oh, yeah. like lose their minds. They lose yeah, exactly. their minds. I love that. It's so funny. I feel like you've made it. Like when you've been shadow banned on a, on a post that's got like seven posts with the hashtag on, <laughs> and yeah. you get shadow banned. I feel like you have you've conquered Instagram. Yeah, exactly. I'm totally rock and roll now. I have made it. I can retire. <laughs> so. I would have to make it like a life's work though to see exactly how random and a hashtag I can get banned. Like I would feel the need to push it now to see how far you could go with it. Um, but that's just amazing. And people, I mean, people are <coughs> sick of being silenced. I think they're sick of being treated as a joke. I think they're sick of misogyny. I think they're sick of crafters not being compensated properly. Um, mm. And actually, like the fact you've turned around and gone, no, this isn't good enough. And I don't accept this. And no, I'm not going to name and shame you, but I will. This is how you do it. Watch and learn, sunshine. Um, <laughs> As, yeah. you know and, I, and I'm not I'm not, I mean I've only been buying your yarn anyway for a year 18 months I've got so much and even I was like oh, for god's sake okay okay you've got me <laughs> fine yeah. um just so I can knit it into a pussy hat and <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that's a whole yeah. episode I said I would never reveal my views on that but I think if you don't know my views on that by now you probably shouldn't be listening anymore because you have missed the point <laughs> but, you know like everyone has been so supportive of it and it, I think it's it's 
an amazing thing. And that's why I wanted to get you on so we could have this a bigger conversation around it, mm-hmm. kind of from from the horse's mouth. Not I'm calling you a horse clearly, but you like, you know, like have that where you people <laughs> can hear what your thoughts on it as, you know, like as a person rather yeah. than the countess, um, you know, the words that you write on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But you did refuse. You did refuse to name and shame them, which I think is quite graceful. I did. There is a reason for this. Um, mm. Basically, the way by refusing to name and shame them, I've denied them a platform in which they can redeem themselves. Mm. So they've basically been silenced. Pretty much like women are, we're all conditioned to be silenced. They have been silenced. I don't want them to benefit negatively or positively from this experience. Basically, what we have done is we have rendered them completely irrelevant. And that is how we have fought back. They can't spin this into some amazing PR stunt because I've refused to give them that power. I love um, that. I love that. It's just because yeah. any PR can be good PR. Like you've got to be so careful. Yeah, absolutely. They can just sit on the sidelines and go, oh God, we fucked up. Mm. You know. So, and we're not even benefit from it. And the knitters are not coming. And, and someone's bought a job lot of shit cherubic and tea. <laughs> what are we going to do with that now? Yeah. Oh, hilarious. And, and I, again, the irony is like, well, you're going to give all the middle-aged ladies shit tea and cherubic, but the homeless people don't get any. Like, you're not going to look after them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Idiots. Oh, I love that. So if people want to get involved then and come and get some shit tea and <laughs> I can't say it without snorting. I really can't. Um, awesome. If I want exposure, I will get my tits out. Yes. Um, where do they need to come? They need to come to my website at www.countessablaze.com. At the moment, they are on pre-orders. That means that we will die this to order. Um, you're going to have to give us a few weeks. To We're looking at about two weeks at the minute possibly slightly more, but we, I've got a team here and, you know, we, we're confident that we can, we can get this done. Please forgive us if we go slightly over that. Um, I hope you will forgive us if we do go slightly over, but we're not anticipating any problems. And we have got all the yarn we need here. Um, yeah, I made sure I got the yarn in beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> actually, actually, a lot of that yarn was destined for a shop update, but no, that's not happening. No. no. <laughs> so, this yeah, is too no. important. The shop can yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely that can wait. It's it's more important that we can do this. Um, so yeah. So uh, there are three yarn bases. There is uh, Lady Persephone sock yarn, which is uh, blue faced Leicester nylon, which is our most popular yarn. Then we've got Tia Merino, which is the superwash um, merino single ply that a lot of you like, and because it's still cold in a lot of places like here then we've got the grand merino dk superwash dk weight merino so so yeah um we don't want at this point to be offering up even more yarn bases we need to keep this as easy and simple to do as you can appreciate we've got a lot to dye which means there's a lot to send out and we want to make sure we get these accurate <laughs> so so yeah it's, it's better for us if we if we limit the number of yarn bases at this time yeah, definitely. And then you can get your um, donation over to Women's Aid even quicker. Absolutely. Which is, yeah. is the main thing, isn't it? Um, yes. So if people don't necessarily want to get involved in yarn at this point, then um, they can e- e- just as easily do a donation directly. Like some people already have donate directly to a women's charity or Women's Aid or somewhere in your local area um, that, that supports these kinds of issues mm-hmm. directly. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, you have a lot of yarn to dye. <laughs> a misogynist to kill and shoot down. Oh, this is why I've got the big boots on today. Yeah, well, so, don't mess. Yeah, she's got her big boots on. So, yeah, to fight the patriarchy day when I've got these on. Oh, indeed. So. Indeed. <laughs> so, I will put all the links anywhere in the show notes for people just in case um, they're on the move and they can't get on their just now but if you want to see the backstory as well or some of some of the the kind of story as it's developed you can go over and check out Lindsay on instagram at countess ablaze 
um, as well there. But Lindsay, thank you for coming and having this conversation with me. I feel it is going to spark some more ideas for content for me in particular on and around these sorts of issues. So thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me back. Always, always. So there you are. I hope you enjoyed that conversation between Lindsay and I. It was one that I felt that needed to be had. And as I said at the beginning, one that I really wanted to share with you and and give you some more of that background around what this thing is that she's doing, why she's doing it. And so you could get the story from her, really. And so we can all kind of think about how we can give two fingers to this this ridiculous you know idea of exposure as a payment of the misogyny that is just pervasive every day and um to keep this idea of charities being a bit of an excuse you know like it's an afterthought either make it the focus of what you do or don't bother to be honest in my opinion um, so I'm very grateful for her to come in on, for coming on to the show and uh, talking some more about that. In case you're wondering, I succumbed. Of course, I got. Um, if I want exposure, I will get my tits out on the Grand Merino. I call it Grande Merino because it feels a little bit posher when you say it like that. Um, but it's it's a super nice flumpy kind of base, and I will be knitting it into some kind of protest hat. So there you go that's um that's my take on it and you know sometimes it's it is about these little subversive acts it's about bringing people together behind a cause it's about making people think um and that can be more powerful sometimes than these big big shows of of defiance or big campaigns or whatever else and like i said i fa- i do struggle a little bit sometimes with the concept that we still need an international women's day to to celebrate and support women for for what they are but equally, like, would if if not that, then what else? So, I'm very much of the opinion that even cheeky protests and subversive protest, or taking a, a protest and, and making it into a positive thing um, towards a charity, and all this kind of stuff is good stuff. Pretty much all action is good action in my in my book. So, um, it, it prompted me into action as well, as you can see, because you're hearing me talking to you again. Uh, along with Lindsay, you know, you know how hard it is to get her on a podcast. It's impossible. I'm the only person who's ever managed it. And to do it twice, well, she must be pretty angry and she must have something to say. And, and me as well. I definitely wanted to share this with you and to to have have this conversation around this issue. So I hope you have enjoyed the show this week. I will be back with more and um, I'm looking forward very much to spending time with you again very soon. So have a great week and I will speak to you soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode are available on the website at shinybees.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, if you would do me the great nitty honour of leaving me a review over on iTunes to help other people find the show as well, that would be awesome. Have a great week. I feel a need to laugh again with you. If that-